Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The funk metal band Living Color rocks Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia tomorrow night. I spoke with frontman Corey Glover to preview the concert as well as reflect on the timelessness of the band's hit, Cult of Personality, and even discuss his movie roles like Oliver Stone's Platoon. Hey, Corey Glover, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Well, thank you very much. Good to hear from you. We are uh, talking because you uh, and and your iconic band, Living Color, you know, are going to be joining Extreme, actually. You know, everyone remembers more than words. Uh, It's going to be sort of a double bill there at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia uh, on Friday, February 2nd, which is, uh, that's Groundhog Day. So do you just play the same song over and over again? (laughs) We'll we'll play it all over and over and over again, hoping for a different result. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, I mean, no, d- d- ditch on ditch, ditch on this show. Like, uh, how long have you been playing with Extreme? Is this like something you do every couple years, or is this a first time tour with those guys? It was the first time we first started out with them this summer, in summer '23. We were in uh we were, went out with them for a couple for like a month. Then we went to Australia with them, and we went to Europe. Well, we went to England with them for a few shows, and then we're doing this, and then we'll see what goes on from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, what? Give us a teaser of maybe on what what sort of songs we'll we'll hear. I mean, I guess call to personality and and you know any and tease the set list without spoiling too much if that's possible. <laughs> You'll hear what you wanna. <laughs> How's that? That's perfect. That's perfect. Now, um, we actually spoke with you in 2017. You called in. Um, uh, you, were do- you were doing a Bill Withers tribute down at Gypsy Sally's in Georgetown, yes. which that. Sadly, no longer exists. I think it closed actually like right before the pandemic. So we can't even wow. we can't even blame the pandemic, uh, although yeah. it, it, it did cause a lot of other places in D.C. to close. But um, yeah. at the very at the very least, that'll be a, a decent segue to to remind folks of, of what you grew up listening to. I know you're born in Brooklyn in 64, but I assume mm-hmm. Bill Withers and, and, and what all else was sort of those those early ones for you. I listen to a lot of that. I listen to Bill Withers. I listen to a lot of Santana. Um my parents really liked to have music in the house. So we listened to a lot of stuff. Uh, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, listened to that constantly. So, yeah. And, you know, um, there's a generation gap between myself and my siblings. So what they listen to and what my parents listen to and what I listen to in some places were three different, completely different things. Awesome. Was that a toilet or a sink in the back? <laughs> uh, probably a toilet. We're in, we're in a dressing room. I'm in a dressing room right now. We're playing in uh in uh, Roanoke tonight. So oh, another Virginia. All right, another local place, Virginia. There yes. you go. All right, well, just as long I'm just making sure, as long as it wasn't your toilet. <laughs> no, I'm not sitting on the toilet. I'm not on the toilet. Just, just, just so you know. This interview was the shit. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. No, no, I'm just, I'm just busting your balls. No, uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember you, you were going on and on about, um, you know, Bill Withers, and then you said, I uh, guess what, Santana's Abraxas and uh, Miles Davis right. Bridges Brew and all that stuff right. last time. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad to hear that your memory hasn't changed. Uh, I guess, I no, guess no. your your origins the same. <laughs> no, it's all the same. Awesome. Uh, I, yeah. Well, uh, also, uh, I also want to, in case those folks missed that interview, I mean, they can look it up in our archives if they want, but in case they did, remind them really quick that music wasn't always the original dream. Like, didn't you want to, uh, originally started out uh, wanting to be an, an actor, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, you were in one of the greatest Vietnam movies ever, Oliver Stone's Platoon. Memories of sort of that early phase of your career and just that yeah. star-studded cast. Right, well, the, um, I started out, um, I was singing since I was like six years old. But um, I got the acting bug early on and I started doing started going out on auditions and I started going doing commercials and stuff like that and auditioned for Platoon and originally didn't get it. A friend of mine got it and then he pulled out and then it gave me an opportunity to be in the movie. So that was fun. That's awesome. And we have to remind folks, I mean, not only are you working with Oliver Stone, who, you know, this is his, like big break. I mean, I guess he'd written Scarface, but this was his big directorial, you know, breakout. Right, um, right, right. And gosh, best picture, but also you're on the screen with Willem Dafoe and Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen and Forrest Whitaker and Keith mm -hmm. David and Johnny, yeah. young Johnny Depp briefly. Like, right. man, what, what do you, did you always sort of, do you still sort of have a kinship with all of those uh, those talents, like wow, we kind of were on the ground floor together. We talked. We talked recently. Uh, I, I, uh, I had a, got a call from Sheen about a year ago. Um, I see Depp because you know he's a guitar player, um, and he goes out and plays. So I see him every now and then at, at a gig, every once in a while, and we kind of reminisce and we're trying to try, trying to move forward as best we possibly can. <laughs> Absolutely, the Sheens man. They the the dad has uh, Apocalypse Now, and the son has Platoon. It's that's that's they got the the corner on that market on the Vietnam. Absolutely, movie. absolutely. Uh, but awesome. All right, so obviously, yeah. You mean you'd been playing music since you were six? You said, but um, mm -hmm. you're doing the acting thing for a while. What 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 was the official you know hard right turn towards music? It, it was what didn't wasn't it like a birthday party? One of the your guitarists in Living Color uh, saw you singing Happy Birthday or something. Recount that real quick. Well, that's the origin story of me getting in the band. Yeah, I was uh, at uh, I was at a friend's birthday party, and they they wheeled out a cake, and then they asked, you know, didn't the the birthday girl said, "Okay, Corey, sing Happy Birthday." It's like by myself, me. <laughs> so, so I sang Happy Birthday, and Vernon was there with his sister, and he came up, and we had a conversation about music, and. He was he was very taken aback that I was the only person singing Happy Birthday that no one else was allowed to sing Happy Birthday but me, <laughs> and so we had we had a long conversation. A couple weeks later, he gave me a call saying he had this band and he wondered if I wanted to come in and audition for it. So I said, "Yeah, I'd come over." And it turns out he lived didn't live too far away from where I lived. <clears throat> it was walking distance, so I went over his house and I heard a bunch of songs that ultimately turned up on the first record on our first record vivid like i want to know was on that was there and, and a few other things so i listened to that stuff and we went over it and we had a good time and then <clears throat> um once again i didn't get the gig somebody else got the gig and that that, that guy decided he didn't want to do it so i got the job instead some always somebody's second best it seems 
I'm sensing a trend, but no, you're not second best. It's just the way that it works. And, but you gotta be the, the advice there is you gotta be ready audition and try out for everything, whether it's movies or, or a band. And, um, right. you know, you never know, even if you don't get it originally, you know, hang in there you, you might get, you might get the call, but that the perseverance that, does pay off. I mean, yeah. I mean, Drew Bledsoe goes down and you're Tom Brady popping in, you know what I mean? Yeah. You never know. You gotta be ready. Uh, exactly. And of course, you mentioned Vernon. So that's guitarist Vernon Reed is, is right. re referring to. And they, you didn't jump out of the cake that they wheeled out, right? You were just there. No, no, no. I wasn't in the cake. <laughs> I was actually in another room when they pulled this, they wheeled this cake out and they went and got me. Okay. Thanks yeah. for clarifying. That's great. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. So then you formed Living Color in, I guess, what, 84? You and you and um, Vernon. Well, um, Vernon actually started Living Color way before we started Living Color like in 80, 1980. Oh, okay. And he'd been... It, with a series of other people uh playing other instruments and um and when i got came along there was it was another bass player and drummer at the time and then they left and that's when will calhoun and muzz killings came along gotcha gotcha and talk sort of i mean at that time i mean it's hard genres are so fused nowadays but at that time talk, talk about how i mean everybody you always see the video of run dmc and aerosmith breaking down the wall and that walk this way remix but you were you guys were like fusing you know i don't want to i've heard it like called funk metal and hip-hop alt rock like some jazz yeah, yeah. in there like talk about how you were even ahead of them on that well it's you know what they, they call it alt alt the alt scene and you know the the alternative scene turned into what later on became Lollapalooza, really. Right. So we we were sort of like ahead of the game on that. Absolutely. And one other thing I always wanted wanted to know was the name Living Color. I mean, if that's going that's early eighties, you're predating the the TV show in Living Color like almost yes. by a decade. Did did they yeah. did you ever talk to the Wayans? Did they say they borrowed they got the title were they inspired by you all or was it just not by not by us per se, but we, we had a we did have a conversation years before they started about it and they wanted music from us. They thought it would be a really good sort of synergy for us and them to, to do something. And we kindly sort of declined um, <laughs> on that. And it came, became a thing that, you know, we don't talk about really. Um, well, I won't make you talk about it now. I didn't know it was a, you know, it's kind of a touchy subject. But <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't touchy. It's not touchy, but, you know, they asked for music from us and we, we declined and we thought that they would, that there would be some sort of coming to an agreement that if you're not going to use the name, you're not going to use our music. You shouldn't use the name of the show as our, as your show. And it, and it did. And it caused some confusion for a bit. And then it, then it didn't. I mean, we're still here. Yes, everybody knows the the difference now on on your yes. own parents between the two. That's great. Exactly. Well, we have to. I have. We have to go into that that breakthrough debut album, Vivid in '88. I mean the that especially that that track called to personality um mm. man i mean i guess you win the very first grammy ever for best hard rock performance right i guess they they invented the category that year and you beat aerosmith and great white and guns and roses and motley Crue. Right. i mean gosh that's a motley crew lineup right there but um yeah just just talk about um just crafting that song i mean it, it was timely then and oh my god we couldn't even predict it even last time you and i were speaking but in a couple years ago but even today yeah. god like the idea of a cult of personality after trump administration etc cetera, etc cetera, it's just yeah every i mean that song is just as power more powerful i think now 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea behind the song was, you know, we we spent a great deal. Of, we had a, a loft that we rehearsed in in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we'd, we'd go over stuff and we'd do some things. And I had this idea that I sort of conveyed to Vernon and Vernon didn't hear it the way I was doing it. And he turned it into what that opening riff is to uh, to Colt's personality. And Vernon has a has a dog-eared notebook that he writes lyrics in and writes words in and he had those lyrics from Colt's personality the song in that book and so we put it all together and we sort of we spent all day working on it and we we basically created the song in one day and then immediately we were playing at the now defunct uh CBGB's down the Lower East Side and it went over really, really well. It was a re it's it it you know, when you hear something and, and it hits your ear a certain way and it makes you feel a certain way, and you know you have something. That's 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 the magic of music. Oh, absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And what I always thought was sort of genius about the song was, I mean, you're, you're calling out sort of, you know, s- some of them are obviously like evil cults of personality and but other right. ones are are you know are are ones that sort of we view positively i mean you mentioned you juxtapose kennedy and gandhi on one side and then you're also mentioning mussolini and you know what i mean it, it's sort of like so just sort of speak to um you know how that, that that that's sort of the idea is is it can be used for good or ill but it's this whole pop culture media phenomenon where people I mean, they're flying Trump flags and dang, I mean, it's almost like yeah, they I mean, the person can do no wrong in their minds. They're in the cult of personality. Right. The, the, and the, the funny thing about it is that you don't know it until you're there, until you see it. And, to, and, to, and no one really gives you, no one says, take the red pill or the blue pill. It's not that. It's like you hear something that strikes you as truth and you take and you run with it. So and the more you're in it, the more the more the rest of the world seems to close down, close down behind you. So then you don't know what's going on. It's, it's insane. Um, it actually blows my mind uh, how relevant that is. All right. Well, yeah. um, I well, well, I'd love to get to some other stuff, but there is one other thing I had to mention before we leave that song is it was just used this past week. Uh, CM Punk at the <laughs> WWE Royal Rumble. Um, the Royal Rumble. 
That's who's right. been? I guess you guys pl- performed it live at a WrestleMania back before yeah. Punk left the company, and now he's back. And I think he even got injured, so he's probably gone, going to be gone again. But anyway, uh, yeah. uh, this isn't a wrestling interview. Um, but but um, and God, that that I don't know if you've seen the headlines. That company is going through some crap right now with Vince McMahon. But that's a whole different story. But uh, anyway, about right. CM Punk, about CM Punk, um, man, uh, did he ask ask permission to use it? And just how much do you enjoy that that it's still you know a whole new wrestling audience is still hearing that song? You guys are played every day. Yeah, I, I mean, there seems to be it's it seems to have a universal appeal. Um, for for Punk, it, it was he was using it when he was a kid. Um, he had. He it, when his little league went out on the field, that was their entrance music, and he really dug, you know, he dug the song. So he he gets uh, he when he got to the WWE that that, and before that he was in backyard or or uh, and he was doing a bunch of stuff before that, and he was always using using the song. So when he got to WWE, that was his that's one stipulation he had was that that song has to be a part of his entrance music. Yeah, yeah, and I assume you get you get royalties every time it plays. <laughs> it, it 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 doesn't it beats a hot stick in the eye. That's for sure. It doesn't hurt. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks. Well, right there, that's just proof in the pudding. That that's like three questions I just asked about that one song. But do you ever get right. tired? Are you are you part? Are you, is part of you like you know? Glamour Boys was also nominated Grammy on on that same album. Like, <laughs> give give Glamour Boys some love right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, they <clears throat> Glamour Boys was you know. We all, when you're in a scene, there's always that person that is always at the height of fashion. It's always at the place to be when it needs to be there, when it's when it seems to be happening. So that's how we, that's how the song sort of, that, that was the impetus for the song. So when we got to it, <clears throat> it's always fun. It's always fun to do, you know? Oh yeah. Well, we just mentioned those that first I mean that you mentioned those two songs and that whole first album was uh, you know Grammy nominated and winning smash, but the second one wasn't half bad either. I mean, <laughs> you had Times Up, you you won another Grammy for hard rock performance. I uh I guess you beat ACDC this time and Faith yep. No More, Jane's Addiction, Motley Crue again. Um mm. and I believe the category was eventually discontinued in like 2011 so basically you're forever in the history books uh as the only two-time winners alongside smashing pumpkins and food fighters so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so tell me about that. not only that distinction but time's up itself like that's a cool song time's up well yeah we were you know i we had never seen anything but talking about the environment and what's new and what what can be done about the environment and of course, we have a more pessimistic view of what, what that's about. But we really started sort of like leaned into the idea of what what is there left? Is there anything left to save? And, you know, what's deep about it is that we, 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 you hear, you know, science, uh, climate scientists talk about, you know, we're not going to have all, we're not going to have all this stuff in another two or three years. And that song is over 30 years old and like to say, you know, we said that 30 years ago, you know, there's a bunch of songs like that, that we, that that's the one thing that seems to be very true about living color in and of itself, that we seem to write songs that about things that always tend to be that are either evergreen or on the horizon of something happening. 
such a good point. Yeah, because now that I think about it, Times Up was like four years before Michael Jackson does Earth Song, and right. like probably like a decade before the the Inconvenient Truth documentary Al Gore. Like exactly. uh, you're you're ahead of you're yeah, and here we are thirty years later, and it's we're still. T I mean, if Times Up was back then, Times really coming up now. Uh, right. We better get on this. Um, well, maybe time for one more song. Tell me about Leave It Alone. Uh, that's the fourth Grammy nomination. So I guess I, I would be remiss if I don't mention your other one. I guess it it loses hard rock performance to Stone Temple Pilots Plush, which, right. is, which is a killer track. But there's no losing. There's no actual winners and losers. Good songs mm -hmm. are good songs. So tell me off of that third album, Stained in 94. Tell me about Leave It Alone. How did you come up with that? Well, you know, the whole idea of, you know, there's always, you're always being part of a faction uh, you always put in a category <clears throat> and the whole idea of how do you reject categories mm. um how do you reject not being you know like you were saying you know this funk metal idea how do you we're not that as much as we're anything else you know we're just four guys from new york city and you know even that like we're not really even New Yorkers as much as we are human beings. You know, there's always there's always a a place, a a, a, a clique that you have to belong to in some cases that we kind of reject outright. I I love that. That's that's such a great great uh, way to look at it. And right. um and I know you were. I mean, speaking of different clicks i know i know you've done it under different banners like you know galactic and the new stew mm -hmm. and all that stuff mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure new stew might have been what you were playing under with the gypsy sally's thing the bill withers thing i yes. think that might have been that that was but an yeah issue. so remind us really quick of how that fits in with because obviously you're touring under living color you know that's what's playing with extreme this weekend in west virginia right. so like uh, mm -hmm. how, how have you gone back and forth did, did living color sort of like disband and get back together in between Galactic and News 2? Or how exactly did that? Did you juggle all that? Well, you know, we, you know, I think that was in the mid-90s. We decided, you know, we've, you know, got a little tired. You know, we'd been cranking out records. Like, we'd go, we'd go on the road. We'd tour for a year, a year or so, then go in the studio and spend forever in a studio trying to make, make music. And we kind of got, it kind of got a little laborious. So we decided, you know, Let's take a little break. Let's 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 go see. Let's go seek our fortunes elsewhere and see what happens. And maybe soon we'll come back. And fortunately, we did. I, you're always a wordsmith because you just dropped laborious on me, and I just heard it. <laughs> I heard it like the notorious la la laborious. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, real quick, we opened sort of talking about Platoon and your acting, so let's maybe kind of bring it full circle. Didn't you also do Jesus Christ Superstar? You played Judas Judas to Ted Neely's Jesus, and so what's the buzz? Tell me what is happening. Like, what? How, how, how much fun was it going back to that, and do you plan on ever doing sort of Broadway stuff again? I'd love to do some more Broadway stuff. If, the, if ever, anyone wants to give me an opportunity, any Broadway producers out there looking for somebody that looks like me, that sounds like me, I'm here. You know, it's funny. The place that we're playing right now in Roanoke is where I, I, we did <clears throat> Superstar here. So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the backstage, going, "Wow, I remember this place." Oh, you in that exact uh, theater you played in this in, in this theater? Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, you've been so generous. Thank you so much for your time. Final Anytime. seconds. How okay. does it feel to be? You sort of you're. 
I mean, we've talked about all that where you're like the young, hot artist, rising star, winning all these Grammys at your peak and all that stuff. What's it like sort of you're like an elder statesman now who's getting ranked on, you know, VH1 greatest artist of hard rock? Or I think even just last year, Billboard put you on the 50 greatest rock lead singers of all time. Whatever, you know, all, all these right. sort of stuff. You and by the way, you Public Enemy in the Roots opened up the Smithsonian, the Black History Museum. So you're sort of in this like... You're in this like, you know, I don't want to say life achievement. You got a lot left. But you know what I mean? There's a new part of your career where people are looking back to you as like one of the the wise sages who can teach the young in some stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. What's it like sort of being at that point? It's it's interesting, you know, and, you know, who thought I didn't think about anything past the age of 30. And now yeah. you know, I'm almost 60. So it's it's a very interesting thing. A lot of rock legends don't make it past 27. The list is long. Yeah. And there you are, yeah. you know, 60 some and, and just kicking ass. And is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame going to come calling next? Or do you not really care much about <laughs> that kind of that kind it, of it, stuff? I know Bad Brains got in. I mean, I think there's other ones that I think you could get in. I think we I think we could. It'd be nice. You know, it'd, it'd be nice to be recognized in some way. And we we are not we're not uh, we, we we wouldn't th turn it down. Put it that way. <laughs> awesome. Well, until that happens, come out to the, the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races this Friday uh, to see Corey Glover live in living color uh, with, with Extreme. It's going to be a fun time. So thanks for doing this. It'll be a blast. All right. You, you can you can uh, copyright that laborious quote. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> see you, man. All right. Take it easy. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Bye.